COU The Unwritten Rule, a comedic sports show from the heart of Missouri, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome everybody into The Unwritten Rule on KCOU 88.1 FM. Today is Friday, January 6th, 2022, and Kenny smiling. Um, we're back. Another Unwritten Rule, another special little winter edition show for you with Peyton and Kenny on the Zoom. First things first, Peyton, Kenny, how y'all doing today? How's your how's your Friday? Terrible, Knowlton. This is... <laughs> Awful anniversary, uh, 1-6, of course, the date. Everybody remembers the double doink, Cody Parkey. Um, so not good. Let's just skip the show on the road. <laughs> Kenny? Uh, I think it's a great day. Uh, had some fun last night. Did some trivia with my former uh, theology teacher from uh, high school and then my, my math teacher grading it. Uh, it felt a little weird going to a bar with my theology teacher, but uh, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, I saw your your trivia highlights. looked like a looked like a good time. You got fourth, a little bit disappointing, um, mm-hmm. but we have trivia here in Columbia that we'll do, and and so you'll have to you'll have to step up there. But um, without further ado, we're gonna get into things. We're gonna start uh, with the guest. Actually, we we, we flipped the script a little bit. Um, we're gonna talk um, some Mizzou football because, of course, big hire the first offensive coordinator. Um, under the Drinkwitz era, somebody else will finally be making play calls. I'm sure that's much to to Peyton's um, enjoyment. But we brought on a guest to talk about um, Kirby Moore is his name, of course, the former offensive coordinator of Fresno State. And we brought in someone to talk about him and his playing days. Um, it is Mike Prater of KT, KTIK 93, uh, 95.3 FM, sorry, the ticket up in Boise, Idaho. Mike, welcome to The Unwritten Rule. Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No worries, no worries. Glad glad you could join us. Um, so yeah, so for you know those who 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 don't know, obviously Mizzou hired an OC. It's been a problem, you know, kind of last year where you know Drinkwitz was calling the plays. Bush Hamden was there. He's now gone. Mike to um, Boise State. He's returned, and you know I, I'll get your impressions first on you know I guess just the Hamden hire as well, and and um, you know, what maybe he could do for, for Boise State before we get into to Kirby Moore for Mizzou. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. And, uh, and Kenny, I think, dropped the line on my text as we were chatting a little bit this morning in terms of college football is weird. And all of a sudden, Boise State and, and Missouri have this very bizarre kinship, uh, friendship, cousinship. I don't know what the hell you want to call it right now, but uh, all kinds of Boise and Missouri connections with Drinkwitz and, and Bush and, and now Kirby Moore. As for your specific question, I think Bush is the perfect hire for Boise State. I'm not sure that that's going to meet. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out. But Boise State needs they have a they have a young freshman quarterback. He's really really raw. He's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of talent. And Talon Green, you're going to hear this name a little bit in college football as it grows. But uh, Bush Hamden is going to come in and develop him. He's going to make him a better quarterback. You know, in terms of the schemes, the play calling, we'll see how all that shakes out. But I think he's going to be a great quarterback developer. And I know that that's a little bit of a loss for Missouri fans. Missouri fans seem a little bit upset by that, as opposed to the Washington fans who were happy that Bush Hamden left when uh, he got fired at Washington. But Boise State fans are very happy to have Bush Hamden. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, he, he came in some games and, and was making, you know, good decisions, I think, for, for Missouri. So I think it, he, that's a good step up for him. And obviously, yeah, a little bit of a, a homecoming, like you mentioned. Um, 
Kenny, I, I know you have a question first thing about um, the, the Moore brothers getting into um, Kirby Moore. Um, if you want to go ahead and you, you fire away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike, this is what my voice sounds like uh, when I'm, and I don't have laryngitis, uh, so you can actually understand what I'm saying now. But uh, looking at, you know, you probably can't go into specifics how Kirby Moore's offense looks, but, you know, how is his success and his brother Kellen, how has their success in the collegiate level and the pro level really elevated the image of Boise State? Oh, it's it's been everything, especially Kellen. You know, Kirby's just kind of uh, – you know, he's the little brother that uh, that just kind of tagged along a little bit, but he's certainly building a career for himself. And, you know, we got a pretty good idea of what Kirby Moore can do offensively with uh, what he did with Fresno State this past year and what he did with Jay Kaner, the quarterback there. You know, Fresno State really struggled with Jay Kaner not in the, on the team, and, and when he was there, the, he was playing great football and uh, probably one of the better players in the Mountain West this year. And, you know, and Kirby's going to run that spread. He's going to run motions. He's going to be very creative. Uh, if you guys remember the old Boise State Chris Peterson days of creativity and and all kinds of fun offenses, I, I think Kirby is very much a, a disciple of that. Chris Peterson was his coach. Chris Peterson hired him. Chris Peterson was his boss. Chris Peterson has had more of an impact on Kirby Moore than anybody else outside of maybe Kellen and, and, and the father, Tom Moore. And I don't know how much you guys know about the Moore family, but Tom Moore was a legendary Washington high school football coach. He raised these two sons. They started drawing plays at the breakfast table when they were like five years old. Uh, they started you know, a lawn mowing business and spent all their money on buying playbooks and just learning the game of football. And, and those three were very, very tight. And all of a sudden, here comes Boise State and, and Chris Peterson and Jeff Tedford and Kalen DeBoer and a whole bunch of wide receivers that Kellen and Kirby have been a part of. And uh, I think you guys got yourself one heck of a resume. Yeah, I, I... I agree with you. I think it, it's always like Boise State, at least for me from, you know, an outside perspective, is, is always, <clears throat> excuse me, been one of those, you know, kind of fun fun teams that you look at in terms of like, you know, they they, they weren't afraid to to do some of those trickeration plays and, and run, you know, like you were mentioning, some of the offenses they were running. That's interesting that like kind of the family ties there and coaching seems like it truly kind of runs deep. Um, Peyton... You're on deck. Go, go for it. Shoot fire away. <laughs> yeah, obviously both the Moors, uh, they've been successful head coaches right now. Kellen, the OC for the Cowboys, got a couple of head coach interviews in the NFL last year. Um, Kirby, he was in the room for just a really good Fresno State offense that had a ton of success uh, under two different coaches with Jake Hayner at QB. Um, yep. Mike, I just want to kind of know what are your thoughts? Um, what are your thoughts on Kirby in general after watching him just up close at Boise State and watching from afar um, at another Mountain West uh, school in Fresno State? You know, at Boise State, he was—he really wasn't much here, and I don't mean that to be disrespectful. He was kind of the third and fourth wide receiver at, at times on this football team. Obviously, his brother was the rock star of this football team, but. Uh, you know, Austin Pettis and Titus Young, uh, NFL guys, Matt Miller and, and Tyler Shoemaker, Boise State record holder guys. Those were the wide receivers when, when Kirby Moore was here. Kirby Moore played for four years, about three and a half years, because he got hurt his last year and only caught like 115 passes for 1,200 yards. He only had six touchdowns. So he was this quiet, quiet, humbled, just go to work and play his role kind of football player. Uh, now as a football coach, I don't think he's that much different. He's a pretty – 
pretty modest guy. He's a humble guy. He's a quiet guy. Um, by reputation, he's the guy that goes to work at 4 o'clock in the morning. I know that sounds crazy. Most of us come home at 4 o'clock in the morning, but uh, he goes to work at 4 o'clock in the morning. He drove his, you know, both Kellen and Kirby, this probably tells you a little something about both of them. They both married their high school sweethearts. They both drove 10-year-old beat-up cars for the first 10 years of their jobs. They have these big, expensive contracts, lucrative contracts. And up until last year, Kirby Moore was driving his high school girlfriend's 2001 Mazda. Are you kidding me? He, he said it kept him humbled. He said it kept him modest. He said it kept him, you know, the car itself was dependable. And those were the three most important words in his life. So um, I think that that's the kind of guy. He's going to be quiet. He's not going to say much. He's not going to smile much. He's just kind of a, a quiet, behind-the-scenes kind of guy, kind of the mad scientist behind the scenes, a lot like Chris Peterson. That's awesome. I was just thinking right when you said that, like right when you said mad scientist, it's like, oh, yeah, he's the he's the real, you know, yeah, like the mastermind. I was thinking the same thing. Um, yep. Kenny and Peyton, you know who he, he reminds me of just like when – um, Mike was talking about his playing days. He gives me kind of Barrett Bannister vibes. Like he he reminds me a little bit of like what <laughs> Barrett could maybe become, you know, once now that his career is done at Mizzou. So that, that's exciting, I think. He was a gym rat, yeah, first I, guy I, in the office. Yeah, uh, the 4 a.m. The floor, yeah, that, that really that, yeah. That, that does sound like Barrett. Um, kind of, you know, going away from, you know, to maybe just talk a little bit more about Bush Hamden here. Um we talked a little bit, you and I did about, you know, things like a Bush Hamden's nature and things like that. But I know you also interviewed him. You talked to him a little bit, what kind of really like stood out about Bush and like, what was probably like, the best thing you've learned from him when you talked to him? Oh, the best thing I've learned, uh, you know, I, I covered Bush and I've been around here for a long time, but I lost track of him. I mean, I knew where he was obviously, but I hadn't talked to him for about five years until, until that interview two weeks ago when, uh, when he was introduced during Boise state on signing day and, uh, um, it was really interesting to catch up with him and, and, and talk to him. He really hasn't changed much. Uh, he's very methodical. Um, he's very quiet. Um, he's very studious. You know, he's 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 almost kind of like a, a Chris Peterson type. I mean, Chris Peterson certainly is the biggest mentor in Bush Hamden's life. He's the biggest mentor in Kirby Moore's life. He's the biggest mentor in Kellen Moore's life. Um, and, and by the way, all three of those guys, um, while they were all here together at Boise State, 57 and nine was their win-loss record. So we can say that that Kirby Moore is, you know, modest and humble, but he also knows how to win football games. He's a winner. He's been everywhere. Everywhere he's gone, uh, he's won football games. So he certainly has that DNA within him. But Bush, back to Bush, is, um, you know, just um, just very happy to be here. When they gave him the contract, they gave him the highest contract in school history for an assistant football coach. I think he was very appreciative of that. Um, it certainly isn't anywhere close to SEC numbers, but for Boise State numbers, if you can get a, an assistant coach to $400,000, $425,000, that's a big step up, and he was very appreciative of that. But uh, he's just very uh, looking forward to this tailing green experiment, getting this quarterback and, and making a difference here in town, and, and I can't wait to see how it shakes out. I, I think it's going to work. Yeah, I, I think that's that's powerful that he can kind of you know come back and, and you know make the – the kind of Boise State money, you know, hitting new heights for an assistant. And I guess on that, I'm, I'm just sort of curious, like, you know, you said you think it, it could work. Could you dive into that a little bit more? I mean, what are you maybe most excited for this offense now under Hamden with him, you know, back at the helm, back, you know, where he's, he's kind of used to and what could he maybe, you know, institute that could get Boise State, you know, rocking and rolling again? Yeah, he's got tons of tools. 
Uh, he's got three running backs that are going to be just a, a beast of a of a running back room. He's got three or four really good wide receivers and one or two more that still have to decide if they want to come back over the next four days and play for their COVID season. So I think the running back room is going to be great. Uh, the wide receiver room is going to have a lot of talent. Uh, their, their top tight end just came back last week, so the tight end part's going to be fine. The one concern that I do have is is the offensive line. That's been an issue here at Boise State for a couple of years, and the consistency of it. And, uh, you know, Bush is not going to – he's not an offensive line whisperer. He's not going to come in here and fix the offensive line, even though he was the offensive coordinator and has to gel all these parts. But uh, the offensive line is going to be an issue for Bush Hamden. I guarantee you that's going to be some angst for some fans at one point during the season. And just him being young and, and doing this and calling plays. And just because he did it for two or three games at Missouri with some, some nice success doesn't mean he can do it over the course of the season. So uh, it's just about a, a matter of time and, and certainly getting that offensive line together. Right. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, he, he certainly in this two, three games, as I'm sure Peyton, for the most part, will tell you, didn't have the best offensive line to deal with either. So I know he's used to no. used to some problems. Peyton, you have a, you have another one here for Mike? Well, um, I just I, I uh, Mike, you mentioned Taylor Green uh, kind of being the guy there now. He was a very exciting when he came in relief um, after the start of the year, their original starter. Hank Bachmeyer, he entered the portal um, after Boise State had moved on from their previous OC, Tim Plough. Um, I remember it was a big deal when he committed to Boise over a lot of big Power 5 programs. He beat Florida State in his first college game, obviously. Um, But he's gone now. um, And Missouri, they could be in the market for a quarterback uh, with Brady Cook's injury. Um, So what do you think Hank Bachmeyer could potentially bring to the table to any team really looking for him and what kind Ooh, of went wrong towards the end there and led him to transfer? Yeah, that's a great question. And, um, very controversial question around here, a four-year starter, the expectations for a four-year starter in the history of a four-year starter at Boise state is really, really good. And, uh, that was the expectation coming into this season. And then that first quarter against Oregon state, Hank Blockmeyer looked Frankly, he looked terrible. He, he looked terrible, and, and he just never recovered from that. Um, he was never named a team captain, which are voted on by players, even though he was a four-year starting quarterback. They didn't take him to media days in Las Vegas. Uh, every year they put up these giant murals outside the stadium of the four-star players, kind of a marketing thing, and those four giant murals are about 40 feet tall. They, they, they face one of the busiest roads in all of Boise and certainly all of Idaho. So it's always kind of a pride mark uh, to, to, to be one of those posters up on the, on the wall outside the stadium. Hank Bachmeyer wasn't one of those guys either. I, I think Hank Bachmeyer was a little butthurt. I think Hank Bachmeyer lost a little bit of confidence in the locker room. Hank Bachmeyer wasn't the most popular guy in the locker room because of his uh, immaturity at times and uh, his goofiness at times. And certainly when he struggled on the football field, that manifested. And that's what happened at Oregon State. It got worse and it got worse. And then Boise State lost to UTEP, which widely considered one of the biggest losses, one of the worst losses in school history. And that's when uh, Tim Plough got fired. That's when Hank Bachmeyer left. I, I think it was a Hank Bachmeyer thing. And maybe it's a Boise State thing because Boise State's had three quarterbacks. Jack Sears, who was a number one recruit to USC, transferred to Boise State. He went into the transfer portal and never came out. Sam Vidlak was a great quarterback at Oregon State, transferred to Boise State. I think he had the best arm of anybody, went into the transfer portal, and has never come out. 
Hank Bachmeyer went into the transfer portal and has never come out. So three Boise State quarterbacks in the transfer portal, none of them have ever come out. Maybe you have to think about Boise State quarterbacks. Yeah, it's interesting. That's that's. I mean, I can't lie. It's a little bit off putting now when you when we talk. You know, maybe Hank Byron and the Mizzou potential. Um, yeah, exactly. I think yeah, Mike, yeah, you yeah. Have talked me firmly out of Hank Bachmeyer. <laughs> to be quite I, honest, I like him. I like Hank Bachmeyer. He was, you know, personally, he was my kind of guy. He had a little bit of moxie. He had a little bit of goofiness to him. Um, he certainly had a lot of talent, but he and he had a little bit of Brett Favre gunslinger mentality. I like Brett. I like Hank Bachmeyer. Um, I'm telling you guys right now, you, I don't think you want Hank Bachmeyer in your team. And frankly, I don't think he's going to end up on anybody's team. There was some talk. Maybe he ends up a cow with uh, Justin Wilcox, a former Boise State defensive coordinator, is the head coach there. Um, and he's got some ties to Boise still, but that didn't pan out. Uh, the Pac-12 is not going to pan out. Quarterbacks are deep in the West this year between the Mountain West and the Pac-12 and, and BYU. There's a lot of good quarterbacks going into the 2023 season. I promise you, one of them will not be Hank Bachmeyer. <laughs> there you go. Stamp on Hank Bachmeyer. I pre- appreciate that insight um, on that. For those joining us, we're listening, we're talking to uh, Mike Prater of KTIK, uh, 93 FM, the ticket in Boise. Um, Mike, I've got, you know, a little bit, a little bit of an off topic one for you. I was, I was just scrolling through your Twitter um, and listened to a little bit about uh, Boise State basketball. I'm a big college basketball guy. Boise State's always been a, a team like one of those teams I like picking in the tournament and stuff. I know big game this weekend against Utah State. I know they're like the best three-point shooting team in the country. I'm curious what your expectations are for them. If you could fill me, maybe fill me in. Um, are they a team I should be, you know, picking in brackets in in March potentially, or if it's too early to tell? And can they beat Utah State? Uh, yeah, they can beat Utah State. I'm not going to predict that victory. It, it'll be a 50-50 game. You know, Boise State's really. I think they're number one in the Mountain West in perimeter defense. Certainly Utah State comes in as one of the best, if not the best, three-point shooting teams in the entire country. So there's a beautiful clash of styles. There, This very well could be the earliest, you know, Boise State's basketball arena is about 12,500. This could be the very earliest sellout in school history um, in terms of the calendar. You know, usually they get a couple of sellouts when they have a good team in February and March, but because uh, it's more of a football town here, but uh, there's only like 300 seats left. They're all scattered singles. This thing could sell out tomorrow. Uh, basketball's kind of going on here. Uh, I think that they're going to make the NCAA tournament. They're tough. They're smart. They're gritty. But the problem is they've only got like seven or eight players. And if they're not healthy in March or late February, then they're probably not going to go very far. Depth could be a major concern for this basketball team. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. I will keep, I will keep that in mind when I'm, when I'm making my picks. Um, going forward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict that Boise State makes it and Boise State loses in the first round and all-time, their all-time record goes to 0-8 in the NCAA yeah. tournament. They've never, ever, ever won an NCAA tournament game. They they do they do pick up just some some brutal losses. Was it Memphis? Did they play Memphis last year? Was that Boise yeah, State? And, yeah. yeah, and Boise State outplayed them in the second half, but the problem is, you know, Boise State goes to these tournaments after playing a cupcake schedule and a Mountain West schedule, was, which doesn't always get you prepared for big-time right. basketball. And, uh, and, they, and you know, it's halftime against a really great team like Memphis, and you're down by 20. Well, yeah, you, you, can, you can win the second half, but you still lose by 12. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of what Boise State faces when they go to these big tournaments. Yeah, brutal. Well, um, Mike, we, we thank you so much for joining us. Any, any final words you want to share just about Kirby Moore, about um, um, Bush Hamden? Any, any last words before we uh, send it to a quick break? No, I can't. Uh, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. Uh, I've never been a huge Eli Drinkwitz fan. Hi, Eli. Appreciate you. Good to see you, Prater here in Boise. But 
Um, I am a Kirby Moore fan. I think it's going to be a good team. And if uh, if Eli gives him the keys, if Eli opens up the doors, if Eli doesn't let his ego get in the way or, you know, if he just flat out goes out there and celebrates the life and times of Kirby Moore and gives him the entire offense, I'm curious to see how it all is going to work out. Kirby's good. He's smart. He's humble. He's he's a winner. He knows what to do. I don't know what kind of talent you got. And I, I certainly, as you mentioned, I know Brady Cook has got that spring uh, shoulder injury. So a lot to deal with there offensively. But uh, I can't wait to see how it shakes out. And uh, I think Kirby Moore is going to be fun. The big question is, one day, will Kirby Moore and Kellen Moore be on the same coaching staff in the NFL? I think that that's where they're headed. Missouri might be Kirby Moore's last college football stop, and then him and Kellen are going to go off and conquer the NFL somewhere. Oh, there you go. Bold prediction there for Mike to to end things off. Well, thank you so much, uh, Mike, for joining us. Mike Prater, KTIK 95.3 FM, The Ticket in Boise. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike F. Prater. Um, we thank you so much for joining us, Mike. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, and with that, we will kick it to a quick break. We'll be back with quick hits here on The Unwritten Rule. It is 3.31 Central Time here in Columbia. Lay. Yeah. Kane is in the building. KCOU 88.1 FM, where Peyton is uh, not joined our new Zoom room, but the show must go on, as the great Lupe says. So Kenny Van Doren's here. Uh, Peyton will join. He'll be very he'll be very surprised to find out I, we're on air, I guess. Um, yeah, Kenny, I guess your your thoughts on kind of Mike's words. You, I mean, you covered you covered the football team and stuff. Oh, look, there he is. Wow, I'm sorry. Better late than I never, no, Peyton. I have no. I could not get Zoom to load for the life of me. <laughs> Yeah, we're on air, buddy. Um, well, little, now they all know what happened. You better, you better hurry things along. Not um, supposed to talk about technical issues on. Don't talk live about. On yeah, air. yeah, whatever. That ha- <laughs> Zoom wasn't working for me. <laughs> just, just talks about it. All right. Um, you, I guess quick impressions, Kenny. You can transition this to Jersey of the week if you want. Um, but just like words from you guys about what you maybe think of of Kirby Moore, because I know you know we got a lot of Mike's thoughts, but Kenny, I mean, you covered this team, Peyton, I know how connected you are as well, but um, you know, you think it's going to work? If, if I, I like what Mike said about giving, Eli giving him the keys. I think that's what he needs to do. Definitely, I thought that was one of like the best things that I heard on the delay uh, listening to him, but I think it, it made, makes a lot of sense, like if, if Eli's going to give him, you know, free range of the offense and run it the way that, you know, he thinks it'll f- be best, I think there's going to be a good product out there from the Missouri offense next year. Don't really know who's going to be the quarterback uh, going into spring practices. It's going to be Sam Moore. He's going to be QB one with Brady Cook out for the for the spring after his surgery um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it really just depends. You know, Drinkwitz is I don't know how to say it, but you know he doesn't really like other people doing his job for him. So it's it's going to be tough. A control to freak. He's a control freak. Yeah. yeah, I just I don't know if he's going to give up everything to Kirby Moore um well my thoughts are if it's not Elijah Drinkwitz calling plays it's probably a positive uh so I just from that standpoint I was excited to see that they made the hire but I mean you look even further into it I mean this was Jake Hayner's OC and QB coach he was one of the best QBs 
probably the best QB hands down um, in the Mountain West while he was there. Um, and one of the best in the nation, really, uh, just from the statistical standpoint. And he was, I mean, Kirby Moore was the guy in the room for all of that. Um, so I think that's very encouraging, especially with a lo- young QB like Sam Horn um, really having a chance to take control of this going into spring. I still think Mizzou is going to bring in a QB of some kind simply because the only other person that would be getting reps alongside Horn is Tommy Locke and Brett Brown, which is bad. Uh, But I'm excited about this hire. I hope he gets some input on the QB decision. Well, he probably will, but uh, yeah, it's a hire Drinkwitz had to make, whether he liked it or not. Um, I, I, I rag on Drinkwitz a lot, but there are things I like about him. I like he does. He has a personality. I think he has built a good locker room culture, um, just from all the things we've seen and heard. Uh, so now him delegating roles like this to other members of his staff, so he can take on a more CEO type role. I think that's really big for him. Yeah, I I agree. I think yeah, Kenny said it perfect. It's it's he's got a if he can give up the reins, I think that'll be that'll be key if Trinkwitz kind of lets go of of the control over this offense um Kenny jersey of the week start off yeah and I think this 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 you know perfectly segues into our quick hits for jersey of the week is a Kirby Moore blue Boise State jersey the crisp 34 with the the fading of the gray into white with the orange outline on the numbers looks beautiful just tweeted it for those listening if you want to get a look at it Kenny that's Uh, not what you're wearing yeah no I'm wearing it (laughs) I'm wearing it right now. So it's a Kirby Moore jersey. That see? says Phi Slamma Jamma. I wouldn't have laughed. I wouldn't have laughed nearly as hard at that if I didn't click back on our Zoom and just yeah, saw Kenny holding up a Phi Slamma Jamma jersey. I'm wearing the jersey. I got it today in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. I was I was a little bu- I was a little bummed. I I wonder if we had some more time to to get um Mike's take on the Smurf turf. Because I feel like oh that we should have. I, I don't want to assume everyone loves the Smurf turf. Like I, I was hoping he'd be like, oh, I think it's absolutely awful, and like <laughs> didn't like. I'm gonna like be it. honest. I kind of don't like it. You're, you're not I'm older. Guy? I'm kind of over it. I think it's pretty. Like serious. I'm older now. You know, I'm just kind of like, why don't you just have a green field? Yeah, you're an adult. An mm-hmm. adult. Every team that this is my one of my favorite things to say about that. Any team that uses a different colored field has to pay Boise State because mm-hmm. they have it. They have it co- or trademarked or copyrighted, whatever the correct term is. Yeah. But That's any team, fire. it doesn't even have to be blue. Like, I think it's like Washington, Eastern Washington has East a gray Washington field. Washington has red. It's red. Red. Yeah. So they have to pay Boise State to do that. Isn't a Central Arkansas gray? Yes. I think that's where I got that's where I got it from. Um, okay. Uh, spelling bee this week. I thought it was only fitting to do some Boise State football players from this season. You know, it's not a direct connection to Kirby Moore because he didn't really coach any of these guys and play with them. But uh, we're going to do some Boise State guys. There weren't that many, you know, big names out there this week that I could, like, stump you with. I know I got called a you know, a, a mean word for using some hard words last time with you guys over the text line. So Did you read the text when, line, by the way? Uh, no, uh, I, did, I deleted it. We don't have it anymore. We, we don't have the text That's line anymore. That's not true. Yeah, it's gone. Uh-huh. That's not true. Uh the text line is 573. Did you tweet, did you tweet it? it? Yes. 557-5134. Did you tweet it? 573-557-5134. Yes, I tweeted it. 573-557-5134 is a text line. 
text me why Peyton or where Peyton was January 6th, two years ago. Looking at the Boise State roster, though, we're going to go with an easy one. I was playing right Rogue here. Squadron with you on Xbox. Yes, you were doing that. Uh, the first name, Bryce Cleave. He's a redshirt freshman safety, six foot, 190 pounds. Where's the number 32, Bryce Cleave? Six foot, 190 pounds? Yeah. That's a small football player. He's a safety. He's a safety. Fair enough. Bryce Cleave, Peyton. Oh, I'm going first? Okay. B-R-Y-S-E or C-E? S-E. Correct. Uh, Cleave. C-L-E-E-V-E. Wrong. Dang it. C-L-E-A-V-E. Yep, there you go. You got the first one right. And we're going to stick to it. We're going to go down just one name here. It's a a freshman running back. Uh, five nine, two hundred and two pounds. That's also small. They got. They have a Cody Schrader there. Yeah. Um, he's from Eagle, Idaho. His name is Ethan McKitta. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh. What's his name? I missed it. Yelling. Ethan McKitta. Uh oh. Uh E T H A N. M C. Nope. Oh oh. Peyton. Ethan McKitta. Oh, it's probably mm-hmm. like McKitta, not McKitta or whatever. M A C. Nope. Okay, I don't know. M-I-K-I-T-A? Wait, wait. Oh, M-I-K- Correct. Uh-huh. That doesn't count, but I'll, I'll let it go. Um, next one's a defensive lineman, redshirt senior, 6'3", 265 pounds. Okay, that's not small. Yeah. Uh, Cortez Hogan's. Uh, are you going, Peyton? That's easy. C-O-R-T-E-Z. Correct. H-O-G-A-N-S. Correct. Um. Might be the easiest one that's ever been on. Yeah, this it could be up there. The easiest ones. I mean, one time I did the the MVP winners of the Gasparilla Bowl, and one of them was T. Y. Hilton. So I, I think <laughs> oh, that's right. I think well, I think I've done hey, easier hey, ones. Do you know how uh, why T. Y. Hilton went to Florida International? Yes, because his daughter chose it. Correct. All right, this is the the freshman punter for Boise State, six two hundred eighty pounds. He's Wait, from Australia. What? Oh, one hundred eighty yeah. pounds. I thought you said six yeah. foot two hundred and eighty pounds. I was no. like, Harrison Mevis? James Ferguson Reynolds. And he has a special character in his name. Ooh. Okay. J-A-M-E-S. Correct. It's not that one's not hard. Ferguson Reynolds. Where could this special character be? That's not a hyphen, is it? It is. Okay. Um F-E-R-G-E-S-O-N. Uh, nope. Oh, U-S-O-N? Correct. Uh hyphen R E wait. R A Y N O L D S. R E Y N O L D S. Yes, oh we'll give you that one, Jack. Yeah, we're moving on. It was, it was an okay spelling bee. Um, best <laughs> beat of the week: Vikings minus one and a half um, against There's Peyton's no, Chicago it's Bears. Eight now. Oh, I looked at it today on SI Sportsbook, and it was minus one and yeah, a half. Wait, SI Sportsbook is lying. <laughs> okay, well, that's why if you see that anywhere, take that Vikings minus one and a half. Dirty Bird of the Week, the Eagles lost. Oh, uh, they uh, lost to the Saints. Those Saints. The Saints the marched Aints, on them. Man. They never they never been to Nolens before, and they lost. I think the game was in Philadelphia, though. It was but in I, Philadelphia. I don't remember. Um, but the Eagles, you guys, Dirty Birds of the Week. Um, best thing you learned this week, Peyton? Uh, best thing I learned this week, the NFL released the new playoff scenarios after the terrible thing, uh, incident involving DeMar Hamlin. Uh, thank goodness he's okay, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he is up. He FaceTimed the team today, apparently. 
very good situation there. But the playoff scenarios we got out of it are happening are out. Um, there's a few different ways we could get a neutral site AFC playoff game. The Bengals and Ravens might decide their playoff game by a coin flip if they meet in the playoffs. Very messy, uh, very messy indeed. Uh, but I think it's the most fair way they could have done this after just an, a really terrible situation. I think the NFL did the best they could with this. There are going to be people that are upset in every fan base, but it is what it is. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's going to be tough for the Texans. You know, they're really on the edge of you know, getting into the playoffs right now, and they just right. they need to beat the Jaguars or not sorry the Colts. Uh, he didn't beat the Jaguars. I was there. It's in stands, rooting them on. Left in the fourth quarter, but yeah, it's it's going to be a, going to be a tricky weekend. Um, I'm just excited that the college football playoff is on Monday to ease our worries. Our worries. Best thing I learned this week is Jake Marisnik. Today, signed with the Chicago White Sox in a minor league deal. <laughs> minor league deal. The major league team, he will make $1.3 million. Is that, why is that significant? Yeah, it's <laughs> just, I, I, I reported it, so I wanted got to. got the scoop on it. Oh, nice. I got the scoop nice. on it, so I wanted to say it. Congrats, congrats. Yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Um, the best thing Jack, I, what'd you learn? The best thing I learned this week, uh, the U.S. men's national team continues to be the most dysfunctional thing I have ever seen. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but uh, during the World Cup, uh, it's been reported that Greg Berhalter, the coach, uh, received a anonymous threat that he would be exposed for something he did in his past, uh, which would get him fired from the World Cup team. Uh, what has been unraveled in the last week or so is Greg Berhalter has put out a statement uh, detailing exactly what he did that the person was threatening to release, um, which was he... Uh, and and he said this he had uh, he kicked his then girlfriend and now wife uh, when they were in college together um you know released a released a big long statement about that how he you know wanted to apologize and grow from it and all that stuff um the US men's national team is investigating it and that was thought to be the end until it is now revealed that one of the players on the World Cup team's mother was the one who had actually uh, made the threat to report it to get him fired <laughs> because the uh, player in question was getting in trouble for being undisciplined and not playing enough in the World Cup. So, long story short, I found out that U.S. soccer is no different than the parents who uh, operated in the youth leagues I played in when I played as a kid, and it's all a mess, and... Yeah, it just look, just read about it. It's, I mean, the most, if this has happened in the NBA or the NFL, I think it would have been the biggest story. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I, it just, you know, just, this is kind of, you know, it just is, this is a good story that represents all of American soccer. I think a mom complains about her kid not playing <laughs> enough and gets the coach fired. Yep. Soccer mom. That's pretty much exactly a tradition what, unlike any other. So the the other thing I'll detail just for all this kind of, is like so the the Greg Berhalter's wife was the this player's mom's roommate in college and Greg Berhalter's or and the player's dad was Greg Berhalter's like best friend and played on North Carolina the university and and all that. So they've known each Typical other forever. It's just, it, I mean, it's just chaos. It's just chaos. And as someone who's been such a like, you know, anti Greg Berhalter for what he's done as a coach, it's just like, I, I do just feel a little bad for this whole situation. It's just very much a, a mess. I there mean, he's go. being blackmailed. He, he is literally being blackmailed. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's taking kicking to a whole new level. <laughs> 
Yeah. So that is what is happening here. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's one of the most insane things I've ever I've ever read on the Athletic. So go check it out and just get your get your fill. It's better than TV. Anyway, ratio of the week. Yeah, before we go to break, uh, last thing, the quick hits, ratio of the week, uh, the crawfish boxes, which covers the Houston Astros or SB Nation, wrote an article on December 30th that says, we're already the bad guys, should we just bring in Bauer? Talking about Trevor Bauer, the Dodgers pitcher who has uh, sexual assault allegations against him, and it's been reported that the Dodgers are going to release him once his um, suspension is up, which was recently reduced. Um, you know, I, I just, it's, it was deleted, but it had 178 quote tweets, one retweet and 24 likes, 70,000 views when it was deleted. And it just makes you think, you know, I think, uh, you know, stealing signs and what Trevor Bauer did are probably on the same level at this point, right? Oh, Lord. Uh, well, that would be, if you ask some baseball fans, yes. Uh, unfortunately, those are seen in the same light. Um, but yeah, I on top of just a no team should ever sign Trevor Bauer ever again. It 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 doesn't make sense for the Astros to because he literally has beef with every single player in that clubhouse. So that would be very mm, toxic, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Can I, can I throw a bonus uh, ratio of the week out there? Yep. Sure. Uh, Skip Bayless for what he did on Monday. Yeah, that was dumb. That was bad. I forgot about that. Yeah. Even if Does it was bad that wording, like, read the know. room, dude. No, I don't there think. There is a player that might be dead right now. I, I don't think he took it down. What exactly well, was it, Jack, so people know what we're talking about? It was Skip Bayless tweeted basically like, like it was a bad situation with DeMar Hamlin, but how can they stop this game because it has such big playoff implications and just, you know, you use your use your brain. Which I get what he's saying there, but like this is like that was not the time or place. We don't even know if he's going to die. Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, yeah, that's that and that and that ratio of the week. People people are dumb sometimes. Um, we'll go we'll go to break. Uh, when we come back, we'll do NFL picks. Uh, for week eighteen, the final week, Kenny's got a big task at hand to try and dethrone Peyton. We will uh we will break that down for you if you haven't already seen it on Twitter. Um, back with unwritten here. It is three forty nine here in Columbia. Back in a moment. Well done. It's sad because I heard the words already being sung. Yeah, you are. We already missed the. Yeah, we were late. We were chatting. Sorry. Well, we'll do better next time when you're back here in person. Oh, do you want to do this? Ben's lagging. He's ahead. Oh, yeah. He, he was ahead and he was behind. I don't know. Welcome back to the Unwritten Rule on KCOU 88.1 FM. 
Kenny, Peyton, uh, myself, and we brought Tyler Kading in for NFL picks. Um, yeah, I don't know why you guys decided that one. For some reason. Yeah. <laughs> for some odd reason. Um, yeah, so we'll dive, we'll dive into NFL picks. Um, we just got done with quick hits. Before, though, I do, I do want to lead things off with uh, Peyton you know, talked about it with the with the playoff situations having to arise because of this. Um, obviously, you know, it, it's I'm I'm very grateful and happy that uh, we can come on this show and talk about this with much more relieving news coming out of it. But obviously, if I'm sure everyone knows by this point who might be listening about what happened with Demar Hamlin on on Monday night in the Bills Bengals game and just how scary that was and and how. Um, you know, traumatic the aftermath was, and it was so public, obviously, and no one knew what was going on. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just ad-libbing here, but just as as sports fans as we all are, I think it was a very, um, you know, scary reminder of of just, you know, the the things the people that we support and that we, you know, like to talk about do um, for our own entertainment. And I'm just very grateful that that, you know, he seems to be okay. Peyton, like you said, he FaceTimed the team today um, and, and you know, is, seems to, to be getting better by the day. I honestly saw some things that, yes, it was really, it was obviously super sad and scary, but some things that kind of made me just happy in terms of, like, faith in humanity type things, like the fact his charity, which raises, to- like, it's toys for children, it has over, like, $7 million or $6 million or whatever it's at now, Um and just the response, the way ESPN handled it all, I thought was pretty admirable. I know we as journalists, we were talking about that a little bit. Um, but anyway, if, if you guys want to, you know, get in a word, it's just obviously it's a stark reminder of, of things. And I'm just I'm just glad the, the kid's OK. Yeah. yeah, I touched on it in a bit. I didn't I've always I was like stumbling to even describe like yeah. what it what what it was, because it was just like I'd never seen anything like that. Very scary. Um, hopefully nothing like that ever happens on the field again. Um, very glad he's all right. Um, he's gotten better and better every day. Um, seems to be, it seems to, seems to be the case. Um, so yeah, good to have, uh, that be the case. Uh, obviously tough for the, I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible situation for the players that they were even maybe going to go back and play that game. Thankfully they didn't have to, I think everybody did the best they could uh, with such a terrible situation. Like you said, I thought ESPN handled it as well as they could. Uh, I know people criticized how slow the decision to finally for sure postpone the game was, but I mean, there were, it really was just a situation that had never, ever happened before quite like that. So, yeah, I'm just glad, like you said, very happy with, like, the reception to his Twitter or to his Twitter, to his toy drive. Um, just everybody has rallied around him. Um, yeah, very glad he's okay. Yeah, people were really quick to just, like, critique and nitpick everything that's going on. Like, this has never happened before. You know, no one's ever been in that position, you know, from the NFL standpoint, from ESPN. They're like, why would they roll advertisements after this? It's just like, what else are they going to do? Right. Like, no one's ever they been can, in this yeah. situation. They don't have a protocol for this happening. This is once like one in a bajillion like chance of this happening. Like this has never happened on the field. You know, Ryan Shazier's injury was 
pretty horrific. You know, the guys come back, you know, he's not going to play at football again, but you know, that, that was something that just never really happened either when he, he didn't realize something. Yeah. He didn't almost die. It's, it's different, you know, and it's just like, nothing's been on this level before. And, you know, I'm not going to just repeat everything that you guys said, you guys said it perfectly, but you know, my, my favorite part was that when he was, you know, responsive in the hospital and like, I think it was today that it was reported that he asked, you know, who won the game. Yeah. You know, he, he's just a true competitor, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, true teammate. And I thought that was probably one of the best things that I've heard, you know, about this on the internet or just on Twitter. Tyler, yeah. you got anything? I mean, I think the one that was Ryan Clark and that wasn't on the field. And I know he was really good after the fact when he was on with SVP right after it happened, obviously being broken up about it. And that's the closest thing I think we've really seen at least in recent times, to what happened with DeMar Hamlin. But, I mean, those are completely different scenarios. One of them happened off the field. One of them happened on national television. I, Again, yeah, you guys said it really well. Um, I, I'm really glad he's okay, obviously. And I think it's going to be, I mean, for just that team and what we've seen from Josh Allen at the press conference yesterday, and then from what we've seen from a couple of the players. I forget who it was that tweeted out this morning about him talking to the team, but someone mm-hmm. tweeted it out this morning about how excited they were. And then one of their defensive linemen, who again, names escaping me, went to the media and said, that's all we needed. Um, I can't imagine what the vibe is in that Bills locker room now. I mean, obviously what it was on Monday, obviously indescribable, but now knowing that he has improved as much as he is, I mean, I'm so happy for him and his family, obviously, but everyone within that Bills organization that was as broken up, and um, the Bengals too, being on the field there, but um, as broken up as they were on Monday to see where he's gotten now, um, I really hope he's able to come back. And continue his NFL career. Um, obviously, we don't really know what has happened, but there are guys that have had very bad injuries that have come back and been able to play again. And I really hope that's what it is for Demar Hamlin because lost in all of this, he's having a really good year for the Bills. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I believe I, he led them in tackles. Yeah. Something yeah, like wow. that. And I mean, yeah, it's fourth round pick guy that's coming. You know. Yeah. Like you said, he's a young. He's a young. He's a kid. He's what? Twenty four. Twenty three. Yeah, I mean, he's this is his second year in the league. Yeah, yeah. He's a young, he's a young guy, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just happy for him. It was, it was, it's like heavy to say all of this because it's just, it was, it was scary. I mean, we're all so attached to to these sports and these in these players, even though we don't know them, they don't know us, and so it was just, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful thing, and and yeah, I'm proud of everyone who covered it. Scott Van Pelt, I mean, yeah. already has been kind of a role model of mine. Just I think did amazing when they threw it over to him, and and. You know, Booger, Booger Park McFarland, Park, Booger, Booger did an excellent job. Um, yeah, just I, I have to admire all those people for being willing to to stand up and, and talk everyone else, including themselves, through all of that is is admirable. But um, yeah, good good words from everybody, and yeah, just I'm just glad the kid's okay or he's doing better. And yeah, like Tyler said, just hoping for the best. Keep keep on rooting for him. Um, I uh, yeah, just just happy. Happy to see him doing better. Okay, um, with that, as difficult as it is to segue out of out of anything like that, um, you know, like Peyton said, the NFL is is carrying on, and and you know, there's some some weird playoff situations, but we do have Week 18 picks um, with Tyler Kenny. Um, <laughs> Kenny has a a monster um, job ahead of him. Peyton. I have to pull up. Let me pull up the tweet. I don't remember off the top of my head what the scores are, unless one of you guys has it. Um, but Peyton has taken a resounding lead uh, mm-hmm. to the point of let me see. 
Where is this tweet? I have it in front of me. Oh, go well, ahead. you know, Nolan, I'm the best corner in the game. Uh, Don't you dare me. <laughs> Don't you dare. Can you try me with a sorry uh, picker like Kenny Van Doren and Jack? <laughs> That's the result you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Don't you ever talk about me. Uh-huh. That's, are you gonna go? Uh, are you gonna go try to like beat up your family and hey, out hey. the door and go after them? Hey, uh, I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> yeah, you do. Stop this! Stop. I'm this. through. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, pick updates. Uh, Jack is officially out. I'm dead. Uh, Peyton's at 147. The guest is in second place after RJ went ham last week with 11 correct. He went 132. Um, I'm at 131, and then Jack's at 130. Uh, this is like the second year in a row I have to do this, but I'm picking opposite of Peyton in the last week. And if I, I literally get just every... have to get one pick right, yeah, you have to get one pick right. I have to get them all right and my bonus, and I will decrown, I will dethrone Peyton after he's won the last two years. Yeah, so nothing's yeah. locked. <laughs> <laughs> nothing's safe. Uh, Peyton, no lead safe. is safe. Peyton's gonna. And so Falcons. I'm not giving any reasoning for my picks because I have no reason to. I can't like give you some stupid backstory like I do every week, yeah. but I got ten right last week, and that's pretty good for me picking the Texans. You should force Kenny to pick first. Yeah, we, yeah no, we, it's not happening. No, no. I'm not Payton, even gonna say anything. Go I'm just gonna it. leave. Tyler, do you, need right. to, do you need to fly through picks because you have to go? Let's do it. Um, do you should, do you just want all yours first because you have to go? Uh, man, we could just. It's fine. All right, we're good. Tyler's gonna be late. All right, Peyton, <laughs> or I could. Well, right. yeah, Peyton, go go ahead. Chiefs Raiders. Right. Sorry, is the first guess. I should say Chiefs what the game Raiders. Is. No way the Chiefs lose this game. Jarrett Stidham's cool. I, well, okay, this is a pick where I could see Kenny maybe getting it. I could see the Chiefs losing this game, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. Okay, so Kenny's taking the Raiders because um, I guess you're right. He has nothing to say. I'm picking the Chiefs. I agree with Peyton. I don't know how this is only yeah. a nine-point spread. You're picking the Chiefs. Chiefs are a lot better than the Raiders, and they Ooh, actually have something to play this for. One's, this one's Okay, this yeah, the, the, the other Saturday game, fun. Uh, Titans, Jaguars. I picked the Jaguars. I'm taking, I'm taking the Jags. Kenny's got to ride with the Oilers. Oh yeah. <laughs> what if he's got to ride with the Oilers? I re- the Oilers. The Oilers aren't playing. They haven't played the football Oilers. since the '90s. Go Oilers! No, fighting Oilers for glory and for fame. Fight, fight, fight! I don't know right. the rest of it. But yeah, Oilers uh, are Oilers. not winning. Me right? Yeah, I'll be with you, Kenny. Let's do it. I want to see the Jaguars make the playoffs at 8-9, and nine, and that's a possibility if the Titans win. Oh, so, Tyler's going the Oilers, too. Yeah, we'll go with the Oilers. All right, Browns-Steelers. Peyton? Steelers. I'm also, I've been the same as Peyton so far. I'm also picking the Steelers. Yeah. So Kenny, Kenny picks the Browns. I keep thinking Kenny's going to say his pick, but he, <laughs> we already know what they all are. I'll so go Kenny's, Pittsburgh. Kenny's picking the Browns. Tyler's picking the Steelers. I really hope that the Oilers are the only game that costs Kenny. I hope oh, Kenny that would be so reason. funny. Um. Ravens Bengals, another big game. I picked the Bengals. Um, yeah, I'll go Bengals. Lamar's not playing. Uh, I don't know. The the Ravens find ways to win, but I'll take the Bengals here. Kenny, Kenny's just looking at his computer muted. He just doesn't have to speak the rest of this show. Uh, Tyler, I don't, Lamar being out that should sink the Ravens. I would think. I mean, Tyler Huntley's not bad, but it's, he's not Lamar Jackson. You're going Bengals. Yeah, go Bengals. All right. Tyler's going with the bang- the Bengals. The next Bengals. Up, next up, Vikings Bears. Uh, Peyton, go ahead. Um, I will be picking the Vikings because <laughs> if the Bears lose this, it will legitimately be the most cataclysmically harmful loss. You mean if the Bears if, win if this? The Vikings win, lose. You mean? 
Yeah, or no, if the Bears lose this game or win this yeah. game. Yeah. Um. So that means Kenny has to pick the Bears. I'm with Kenny. This is you a, guys are this is a drop off game. What? Justin Fields is running for 214 yards. Justin Fields isn't yards. playing. Is he not playing? No, it's no, Nathan Peterman. Oh, I forgot it's the Nathan Peterman. Oh, his hip hurts. All right, never I'm doubling down. This is this is my bold. This is my bold pick of the week. Kenny, you have to get your bold pick right. That's the only freedom of choice you have in yeah, this. Yes, this is happening. Maybe the Bears are gonna oh win. Oh my gosh! Can I pick a tie? Yes, you can. All the playoff scenarios get really screwed up if the Bears and Vikings tie. You get every one of them wrong. If you get every one of them wrong, Kenny needs. Uh, he still has to get all of them right and the bonus, because he'll only beat you by one. If he gets all of them in the bonus right. So it doesn't matter which one he picks for his bold pick. Oh, I guess that's yeah. true. You're right. But he still has the freedom of choice. Well, yeah, yeah but it literally does not matter. A little bit. All I'm right. picking the tie. I'm pick- I changed to the Vikings. I forgot. Okay. I like Justin Fields. He's not playing. Okay. Peyton is doubling down on the Bills over the Patriots, which means Kenny's picking the Patriots. Uh, I, I, it, I will say this on this game. If any coach is going to rain on the Bills per, like, if any coach was going to knock off the Bills after this amount of emotional week, it would be Bill Belichick. <laughs> just the, just the, yeah, Bill Belichick. The, the, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Who's the villain in Star Wars? The Palpatine of the NFL. Darth Vader? No, the no Palpatine. The one oh. above him. Who are you picking, Tyler? He's um, not the villain. He was in the right. <laughs> oh my wow. God. Whoa. <laughs> that is a loaded comment. Okay. Um give me the bills. He I, just, I he just goes, he was in the right, sat back way in his chair. It's just on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny is just a menace there is this episode. Uh you're picking the bills. Dolphins Jets. Yeah, I'll be taking the Joe Flacco. <laughs> it's Joe Flacco and Skylar Thompson. Greatest quarterback matchup ever, by I the way. I remember that, but not that Justin Fields is out. Oh, my Does Nathan God. Peterman this versus Nick Mullins not do it for you, then? Most, this is the most impossible pick I've had to make. Peyton, I don't know why you're worried. If you get one pick <laughs> right, you win. <laughs> I'm going to go with Joe Flacco. I'm going to take the Jets. Peyton's taking the Jets. Kenny's taking I the I think Dolphins. he's better than Skylar Thompson. Um... Uh, I will be picking, yeah, yeah, this is tough. I guess the Jets, I'll, I'll go with Peyton, I guess. He he wins, so. The Dolphins have something to play for, and the Jets don't. That's I think it's, I, it's that Joe simple Flacco's for me. Joe Flacco's got something to play for. What does Joe Flacco have to play for? Uh, being elite. What's the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the thing? The Joe Flacco elite thing? What's that from? Um, f- everyone tried, oh, have you not seen the video of, um, Someone asking Trump whether Joe Flacco was an elite quarterback back in like 2012. Maybe it's that. Yeah. I don't remember what video I saw. It's like someone trying to convince someone else Joe Flacco's elite. Anyway. Well, yeah, because he made the Super Bowl. He won the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bucks, Falcons. Peyton's picking the Bucks. That means Kenny is rocking with the Falcons. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, I don't know why this is the bold font on. Um, give me the Falcons. I don't. I just don't want the Bucks to win. So I'm just gonna pick this. Is Brady playing? Is like, Brady playing? Brady loses to uh, the Falcons. Desmond Ritter. Wait, yeah, no, Peyton, be- I'm picking the I'll, I'll give you my reasoning. I'm picking the Falcons because I need Desmond Ritter to be a good quarterback so that Luke Fickle can look like he's a quarterback coach. <laughs> right. That is a galaxy galaxy brain move. Exactly. The one this thing is really tough actually cuz most of these games suck. Yeah. But the one thing about Tom Brady that he hasn't done that's going to be the perfect culmination of his entire career is to win the Super Bowl with a sub 500 record. Yeah. They're 8 and 8. Give yeah. me the Falcons. Okay. Um, that's that's happening. That is set in stone. Tank, that is happening. That is narrative. Ball. Yeah. Uh, Panthers Saints. This game also stinks. I'm so sad. Steve Wilkes isn't going to be in the playoffs. Peyton, who? 
Oh my god, who cares about this game? Oh, the rest of these games are awful. <laughs> Apart from Sunday Night Football, they are, they are horrible. The Panthers, oh, Sunday Night I Football guess. will be horrible too, don't, don't worry. This is a terrible game. Yeah, uh, let's just breeze through this. Give me Steve Wilkes. Who do you want, Tyler? Uh, I'll do the same. Um, that game, right. this game. Well, I guess Steve Wilkes has to try to coach if, for his job. If there's a game that's worse, it's this game. Texans Colts. We have three minutes. We gotta go. Oh gosh, Texans Colts. Uh, give me the... Texans. Texans <laughs> are winning this week. That was oh, that I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna pick the they Texans. Kenny, I'm, Kenny, don't Texans. you want the Texans, the Texans to lose? Pick the Texans. Yes, I'm taking yes, the, I Texans. Want the Texans to lose. Yeah, so that's Kim my Peyton's stick. doing you a favor. My stick is that the Texans win. <laughs> it's no longer your stick if you don't want it. You can pick them. Cards, Niners. No one's stopping you. David Blow is not getting it done. I'm going with the the 49ers. Yeah, give me the 49ers. 14 point spread, by the way, in an NFL game. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a crime. Uh, Cowboys commanders, uh, Sam Howell will be playing minutes in this game. I do know that. With that said, yeah, so how about the them Cowboys? Cowboys? I'll go Dallas. Why not? And we need we the need Cowboys. the more the more brothers need to get off to Rams, a good start. Rams, Seahawks. Yeah, uh, uh, um, I am gonna pick unfortunately the Seahawks. Oh, I know I want I that say, one. Kenny, I actually think you're gonna get this one right because I, I think am. the NFL is blatantly going to rig this game. I agree. I, Seattle's yep. not winning this game. Yep. Yep. The Packers will make the playoffs. And the Ra- it's not like the Rams have any reason to try to lose. They don't have their pick. Uh, I will be picking the Chargers and doubling it because I need the Broncos to lose for draft picks. Peyton is also picking the Chargers. Kenny has to ride yeah, the Broncos. Um, and I'm going with the Packers. The circle is complete. Are you picking the Broncos, Tyler? Chargers. Uh, I don't understand why the Broncos are favored in that game. This this is doomed. This is destined for Aaron Rodgers to make the playoffs. Go, Pack, go. Um, Kenny has to pick. Are you picking the Lions or the Packers? Oh, I'll go with the Packers. Yeah. Aaron, Why not? Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady will meet in the NFC Championship again. Yep. One minute. Sign us off. Aaron Rodgers will win. One minute's plenty of time. Why are you so stressed? <laughs> go, 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 go. I'm going to mute him. Five, Kenny, can you mute him? Four. It says three. it's Is that not... possible? There we go. And they're <laughs> gone. Oh, wait. Only no, it's, gone. it's just okay. Peyton. Three. All right. Well, thank you uh, for listening to the Unwritten Rule this week. Kenny Payton, quick final word. Go. Hurry up. We have five seconds left, Molten. <laughs> just say something then or let Kenny say something head down to the Capitol building right now oh and show my, your okay. patriotic right. Kenny right. going right. to do well this week all to right. be honest I, I think I'm going to win it all <laughs> yeah Kenny's got a big comeback to make thanks everyone for listening we'll be back uh, not till like two weeks because I won't be back here so Friday the 20th is our next show of January the 20th yep Friday the 20th come back and listen Less than a minute uh, that I don't have to see Kenny's smiling face anymore. Make me very sad. Um, Tyler, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for letting me prove that I don't know anything about football. And we hope everyone enjoyed and have a fun and safe uh, weekend. They're gone from the Zoom. Bye-bye.